It's the Rich Keith Show on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app and take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Fourth and final hour of the Rich Keith Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. And uh, I know you've all been waiting for Grab Bag comes your way at 920 tonight. But in the meantime... Pretty much everything on the table for you at 617-779-7937. We hit on uh, the first four episodes of The Dynasty. I think more of a mixed bag, three and four. Overall, I really like the series, and I'm looking forward to this Thursday night to watch episodes five and six. But I get all the criticisms. I have them myself. Certain things that they did include versus things that they did not include. Uh, We've been talking about the draft with the combine coming up this week. Jordan Montgomery remains unsigned, and the Red Sox are the only team really kind of connected with Montgomery. We talked about the Bruins' struggles, and uh, one thing we haven't hit on yet, Fitzy, is the red-hot Boston Celtics. And let me ask you this. uh, The Jason Tatum MVP talk, is that something you're into, you're not into, you're kind of in the middle? Where do you find yourself? Oh, I am all in on it now. I had I had told myself in one of those like classic Godfather like you know Godfather three like every time I think I'm out they pull me yeah. back in. Mm-hmm. I have gotten out of the business of making predictions that Jason Tatum has finally made the leap that he has progressed to that next level and he is ready to be him. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Himothy Himbo Slice Himothy <laughs> Chalamet all of it right? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, if it's not now, when? Because he he's he's leading by example in players being you know deferential when necessary, not too deferential like he can be sometimes with last shots and such, but rather making sacrifices, not playing selfishly, playing a more team oriented game. He could pursue thirty five and forty point nights all he wants, mm-hmm. but he's uh, upping his overall game with rebounds, assists, a few points less per game. This is an MVP caliber season because of the leadership that he is showing, as well as how good his overall well-rounded game is. He's making great decisions, and the team is benefiting from it. And for everyone out there who says, it should just be the best player, whatever, bro, like A-Rod on the Rangers when they sucked, but he still had the best stats crossing sports. I apologize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, why the most valuable player should be the guy who's a focal point on a team where it really matters. So, like, Jokic may not end up leading in several statistical categories, but the guy's overall game is massive, and there's no denying how much he means to that team, which is constantly in the playoffs. I think there's sort of like a uh, a nuance, in a way, to the voting, because I don't think it should be best player on the best team every year. I don't think it should be best player overall every year. Like you got to kind of see how how it goes, because there'd be years where it could have been... Michael Jordan for 10 straight years, then, you know, Kobe for a couple, then LeBron for another 10 straight years. But it's not. You get to see how the season plays out, what these guys are doing, and the kind of years that they're having. And the race is clearly a five-player race right now. Jokic is the pretty heavy favorite, but there are other guys, including Tatum, who I think are right in the mix. The one thing I would say is for, like, the who cares crowd, I cares. I cares very much about it <laughs> because I'll tell you, it's everybody understands that winning the championship is the most important thing. I think we got that. That's a given. Is that true? I've been titles, uh, titles, 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 Super Bowl, Super Bowl, World Series. Yes, whatever your sport is. Don't if you, mean a thing unless you get that. 
ring. I yep. Think it is. Yeah. So if you can achieve ultimate team success, that I understand is the goal. However, it's also talking about sports, and part of that is who's the best player of a generation? Who's the best player of all time? Who's better, player A or player B? That's sort of like the original sports debate, I would think, is arguing over players and who's better and people just screaming at each other. And so, yes, right now, I understand. It's way more important that the Celtics win this year's title than it is Tatum to win the MVP. However, 10, 15, 20 years from now, that's where you're like, well, Tatum was a two-time MVP versus Tatum was great but never won MVP. So I think like that stuff matters. Like Those guys stand out. The guys that do win MVP versus the guys that don't, especially in the NBA, because, you know, football's really just become a quarterback award, so it's hard mm-hmm. to really understand how good a wideout or a running back or whatever might be. But in basketball, if you really want to be on that upper, upper echelon of players, you have to be an MVP. And when you're that close, like, what a difference that can make if you don't get it. So I think it all helps. Like, you're, you're trying to just come up with your resume and – if you can be the MVP and win a title in the same year, like, all right, now you're really cooking with gas. Now you're on an even smaller list of guys. And he he could check off both of those boxes this year. Why not? Could it somehow be addition by subtraction and or maybe, let me, let me reframe that. Could it be that he does more by doing less on this particular team? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I think so. Try- and like he even said it the other night after it was at the Bulls game where – he knows he can score 30 a night. In fact, he scored 30 a night last year. So he could do that, but it might not show up in the stats every single night. But if the team's winning, and they're winning significantly more than everybody else, like it's one thing to finish with the best record in the NBA. It's another thing to finish with the best record in the NBA by seven or eight games over the next team and mm-hmm. by maybe as many as like 10 games over the next couple of MVP candidates. That has to be considered in there and then there are plenty of other like advanced stats and there's always stuff you can look into and you know find ones that support the guy that you're you're um you're backing Mm -hmm. but also like his his defense has been good this year he's definitely playing like a a a team game because one thing i've heard he's gonna get penalized for is his team is better than some of the other guys teams it's like all right well if they have the best record like that is sort of what that is and also Let's not make it out to be like Jokic and Giannis don't have great teammates. Like, please. Yeah, they have very good. T- they have very. It's so funny. I was <laughs> right. just looking at Tatum's overall stats. Okay, well, they're so right, right now, in the ballpark. Yep, he and Jokic are averaging the same amount of points, twenty six point nine. They're mm-hmm. tied for ninth. Tatum's got eight and a half rebounds a game, twenty fifth. Four point eight assists. That's forty fifth, and he's mm-hmm. shooting almost forty eight percent from the field. That's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Jokic. Uh, sorry, he's got 26.1 points, so he's got a slightly less, whisker yeah. less than yep. Tatum. Yep. 12.3 rebounds, he's third. 9.3 assists, he's fourth. Shooting 58.3% from the field. <sighs> yeah. Though Jokic, is, is he now, Rich, has he now entered? Remember how it used to be like, oh, you know, unless someone else just blows everyone out of the water, LeBron should always be MVP. Is Jokic now officially the... It start. He's the default MVP when the season begins, and unless someone knocks him off or says otherwise, it's his award to win. Yes. Well, I think it also depends yeah. on where he, where the Nuggets finish because they're fourth right now in the West. And would you really give the MVP to someone who's currently fourth in their conference? I would. I have means no pro- an awful lot to that team. Yeah, though. I have no problem giving an MVP to to a team. Now it's it's hard to make that argument for a guy who misses the playoffs when there are other good candidates, but. 
Like in the NBA, you wouldn't get that because that's like the NBA. It's different than baseball in that regard, where like one guy in the NBA should make a major difference. So you're really out of MVP consideration if you don't make the playoffs. But if you're a couple of games out of first place, and maybe it's because they're resting guys here and there, they're also the defending champs. So they're just trying to be in prime position to make another run in the playoffs. But what he does is ridiculous. Like the other night, you see, he had, he had like another triple double. He now has a triple double against every single team in the NBA, not this season, but for his career. And I don't think he missed a shot in the game. Like he's, he plays it so, like he's such a unique player. But yeah, I wouldn't penalize him. Now, if, if they were the eight seed or if they were in the play in tournament, that's a little bit different. But they're a top four seed in the West still. Okay, where uh, can someone answer without having to take it to the internet machine where the Mavs are currently sitting right now? They would got to be... They're in the playing spot, I think. Are they that they're low? all the way down there. Uh, yeah, they're eighth. Wow, because... But you know what? So Luka's stats are nuts. They're eighth, but they're also a half game from fifth. So, okay. like, depending a push on... How, could, a push could help, okay. Yeah, like two weeks from now, they could be sitting there at, at fifth. Luca, 34.5 points, mm-hmm. nine rebounds, nine and a half assists, shooting 50%. And he has to put up with Kyrie Irving. And he had had to put up with Grant Williams and right. still deals with Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we so, should give him the award for that a lot. Uh, you know what? We have to grade him on a curve, so maybe it should go to Luka. And then also, of all the guys, I mean, Shea Gildress-Alexander for Oklahoma City, they right now are tied with Minnesota for the best record. So the Thunder could have the top seed in the West, and he's on a team where they're all like 24 and under. Like that's a, They're going to be a problem for yeah. a long time yeah. to come. yeah. So, I mean, I think that is also a strong case for him. And, you know, if you're not voting for Tatum because you're voting for Jokic, like, all right, so be it. I don't think everybody's going to, you know, fight you on that. But we were playing last week when Windhorse went on ESPN and was saying how, well, guys still remember the finals from two years ago, and that's probably why they won't vote for Tatum. Like, that was insane. Like, that was, like, the worst, worst possible take possible. What a hideous take. I know. That's the whole thing, like... You can see a next step in his game. There's a progression. There's a maturation this season. It, mm-hmm. You know, it might come from not having to do as much and having Porzingis, who we just all freaking love. Like, talk about getting your sixth man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Holiday's defensive effort, his leadership. He's won a championship before. He's done what yeah. Tatum is aspiring to do. You know, I he's only got 25 games left to do it. You know, that's the thing about the All Star break is it doesn't come at the halfway point. They've already played the majority of the season. Let me but, say this: if, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Tatum wins the wins the NBA championship this year, and then next year, like n- with the 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 pressure of the championship finally off, it's definitely just possible, go just yeah. goes for it and decides. You know what? F it. I'm going to do it all. Well, also he's going to we're going to go for it. He's for sure going to be first team All NBA for the third straight year. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty significant. Like that's but still, there are some that think like he hasn't arrived yet, which is mind boggling. That's dumb. I, well, it's only because for those people, the criteria is win a title. So until he wins a title, I guess technically he won't have uh, a, a riven. But like Giannis and Jokic, they were they were both MVPs before they won a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jokic definitely was. I think Giannis was too. So like. I, don't know. I think the issue, though, is that on the, those MVPs, 
they didn't have the caliber of teammates that Jason Tatum has, which is what the media and all the voters mm-hmm. are looking at. They see someone as lethal as Brown, Porzingis, White, Holiday, all those guys. And you they got can the clear- most expensive player in the NBA alongside Jason Tatum. But also, they only had two All-Stars, and Tatum was one of them. You know, so it's not like it's not like it was overwhelming. They had four All-Stars. I mean, some of those, like the Garnett, Pierce, Allen, and Rondo, all four of those guys made All-Star teams together. You know, the Miami Heat, all three of those guys would make the all-star team every time. So if they – I think that's a little overstated. Like, oh, their team's so much better than everybody else's. It's like, well, one of the reasons is because they have Tatum. Like, that's a big part of it. No. I need to go home. Yeah. Jokic hates – just hates being a superstar. Hates yeah, it. But I love the fact that the guy's, like, hammered at a parade and a couple days later back on the goat farm. Yep. He's like, I got to get out of here. Real man. He was talking about the he had that one where he's like he was so mad about being like recognized in public. It's <laughs> like sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> sorry, man. You're, you're seven feet. You're tall, seven feet. Bro. The best basketball player in the world, and you're seven feet tall. Like people are gonna recognize you. Seven foot Serbians don't quite blend in. Nope. It's like him and his two brothers. His brothers are huge too. True, truest thing I've heard on the show tonight, Joe. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> All right, we have grab bag coming up. But speaking of Joe, he's got your trending. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy W-E-E-I. You can join the program at 617-779-7937. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. And you can also watch the program on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. You get all the shows from 6A all the way up until 10P. We're also on YouTube. Follow the W-E-E-I channel on YouTube as well. But Fitzy, let's quit messing around because... That's right, all the stuff we couldn't get to in the first three-plus hours of the program. We like to get to it now in Grab Bag. And let's start with the Boston Red Sox, a little spring game this afternoon where, uh, yeah, Joe's been telling us about it and trending. A nice little 7-6 win over the Phils. Yeah, hey, break up the Red Walk-off Sox. Walk-off style. Walk-off styles. Yeah, Whoa, there you go. Walk-off style. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite way to have pizza. That's right. So, uh... Who, who do we have to develop a crush on now? Who is our new spring training hero? Is it this Masterson kid or whoever the guy was? That well, was it was dinner? Chase Meadroth who hit the tying single in the ninth, and then Nick York, the highly touted prospect, scored the winning run on a wild pitch. Mm. All right. There's something there. Right, break up the socks, baby. There's something there. See, we were all panicking too early. We were all being unnecessarily critical when, in fact, they are a wagon in process. But Bradford talked to... Uh, a guy, where the hell's his name? Mm-hmm. Who refers to himself? Here we go, Jamie Westbrook. Okay. That's the name you want to remember. He refers to himself as Barrel Man. Mm. Barrel Man. I guess he must ba- just barrel the the, the barrel. old bat on the ball. I guess. So uh, keep your eye out for Barrel Man. The, the yeah, <laughs> comes from a long line of barrelmans. Yeah. Yep. Westbrook. Uh, he is five foot seven, but he hit twenty one tater tots. Last year, Triple A for the Yankees. So the little guy packs a wallop, and apparently he is uh, he's barrel man. There we go. So All right, that's at least one guy I would say you should probably have your eyes peeled for. Oh yeah. And here comes the grab bag, grab, grab bag, 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 grab, grab bag. I don't know if you saw this on the old internet, but Cam Newton was involved in like a little bit of a scuffle. Did you see that? It looked like somebody was. 
you try to attack him or something. And he's like being chased about. There's a video of it, but I mean, Cam's fine, and I don't think the, necessarily the guys that were trying to get at Cam realize just how big and strong that man is. But I don't know what was going on there. It's a weird kind of chaotic video. I don't know if you yeah, saw. Yeah, I it. saw that pop up on the socials yesterday, out of the blue, like Cam yeah. Newton involved in. Like, scuffle, a uh, little tussle at a seven-on-seven camp that I think he was running. Probably. And I don't know if he called one of the team's quarterbacks a system QB or something oh, or whatever. That could be. That got Never right afraid. under their feathers. Yep. Yep. Um, but a couple of guys tried to get at him and, like, throw a shot, and he was able to kind of, like, yeah. be his own crowd control pretty quickly. Like, you do forget, for all the hard hits he took and the throwing problems he had the last couple of years in the league, you do forget what an absolute unit of a human he is. He's enormous. He would be the biggest person in 95% of rooms that he walks into across the I'd country. Say 99%. Maybe 99. Maybe yeah. 99. The guy is just, he is massive. And yes, I don't know. These kids were like attacking him. Very strange. Grab bag. Another football item here. Eric Bieniemy, former yeah. Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. Then Washington Commanders offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's got his next gig lined up as head coach. Nope. As offensive coordinator of the UCLA Bruins. Man, why does this guy get... Cam Newton gets the same kind of disrespect that Eric Bieniemy does. He's going in reverse. Like, what is yeah, why going on Eric with Bien- what is? He goes from the, top, the cream of the crop, the top of the league with the Chiefs. Then tries to get a head coaching opportunity. It doesn't happen. Leaves to go show that he can do it pretty darn well. And for a while, it was working with Bienemy and Sam Howell. Yeah. Then everything just went to crap. It did. Well, you heard from some of the players he might be the ultimate hardo. Yeah, he's a tough guy. They don't like tough coaches. Belichick's out of the league. Vrabel's out of the league. Cry me a river. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe everybody's gone soft. They don't want Bienemy. But you're right. Like four years ago, it was how the hell is this guy not a head coach? And then he probably thought, all right, well, I'm obviously stuck. Everybody looks at it as Reed Mahomes, so I got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then he has one year there. They end up getting rid of the head coach anyway, changing over the staff, get a new GM, all that with Washington. Mm-hmm. And now he goes to UCLA, which Isn't is a good Chip Kelly. For- what, but he, he went there because Chip Kelly was head coach, but he pursued an OC opening somewhere. Yeah, he went to Ohio State to team up with Ryan Day again. Yeah, and he's got assistant head coach, I think, was also the hire for the enemy. So he's not just OC, but he's like the yeah. first guy in line. Well, so Deshaun Foster, the former player, is the head coach. So it's his first how does crack a running back? How does a running yeah. back from the t- early 2000s, <laughs> a good one at that? He's like a UCLA legend, and he has been in the, on that coaching staff for a little bit. So I think they have probably felt like, all right, players like them, they must, and they're, they're going with him. But getting some experience and then some on the on the coaching staff. And so there you go. There's the enemy. Grab bag. Shohei Otani will make his L.A. Dodgers debut tomorrow as the uh, DH, of course, for the uh, for L.A. He'll be mm-hmm. DHing all the season. And then Yamamoto will make his debut, I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, but both those guys will be in action this week for the L.A. So, Dodgers. Do we know how Shohei, I know he's not going to pitch this year. He's no. just going to be the most expensive DH in history. Correct. And quite the gate attraction he'll be. Yes, he Do will. Do we know how he's healing up? Uh, I know he's, ever, there was a report that he socked a dinger in his first like live BP. Oh, I saw it. It still hasn't landed. I think he's doing all right. He's projected. This is one of the uh, the early projections for 35 Long Johnsons. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be just fine. Yep, he'll be just fine, and so will the Dodgers. And I'm still in on over 103 and a half wins. Are they doing? Yeah, you're. Oh, yeah. Are they doing bets, Freeman Otani? Is that how 
their one, two, three goes? Come on. <laughs> I mean, how do you pitch around that? It's legit. It all, it's like the beginning of an all-star game. Where you're like, all right, here we go. You're the three best players. Now, wouldn't you try to put bets, though, between them so you could go lefty, righty, lefty? Maybe they are, although I don't know if Freeman's a great like leadoff hitter, but I guess right. it doesn't. speed doesn't really matter as much anymore. Just get on base and let those guys drive What if you in. had a better righty leadoff hitter and you could go yeah. that guy, Freeman, Mookie, Otani, and then it's just sort of like, all right, what are we what yeah, are we doing? it's just insane. Yeah, it's pretty sick. The hills fill my heart with the sound of me. Grab bag. Well, Patrick Kane was back in Chicago for his first matchup against his former team, the Blackhawks, and scored the game winner in overtime. Oof. How do you like that? And the fans were actually into it. The fans were uh, they were they were fine that even though he was playing for Detroit, they're like, hey, we'll take it. What did Detroit have to give up for him? Uh, nothing. I believe he was a free agent. Yeah, oh. I think he signed in the yeah. uh, offseason. He was well, coming off like an injury. He had like yeah, a he injury. Was injury. I remember that's right, that's he right. was traded to the Rangers. Then he like took some time. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. like I think one month in, he was like, let's sign with Detroit. Because I wanted the Bruins mm-hmm. to get him, but it right. was, I don't know if I think they might not have had enough money available at that time to get him or whatever. But And, and there were legit injury concerns with him. But yeah, he had, right. the, had the game winner. Grab bag. All right, let me play a little something. There's a lot of sports out there that catch the uh, the attention of the people. Mm-hmm. Can I interest you in ice football? Über den Lauf. Es geht über. Da ist er. Es geht über Ailton. Kleines, dickes Ailton. Mit dem Touchdown für den Norden. werden. Am heutigen Abend, wir haben schon einen Krimi vorhin erlebt, beim knapp 20 zu 19 des Westens. Nach Vegas. Aber Stefe, sehr, sehr schöne Lauftechnik da. Das soll er sich sparen. Das ist arrogant. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, well, Keith, what the, hell's, <laughs> what the hell's ice football? Well, it's football on ice is what it, is what it kind of translates to. It's, liter- it's literally what it is. Yeah. I saw that clip earlier today, and uh, the best thing I've ever seen may have been, well, so the first was like a, a, a quick screen pass, and a guy skated his way down the sideline for a touchdown. No, no, no. They're no, not, they don't skate. They're not skating, though, is the beauty oh, no, of I'm it. Serious. Well, yeah, he, well, he, he sort of slid he down the ice. Yeah, he shuffles. I guess you kind of shuffle. They're on ice, but they're wearing, like, sneakers. <laughs> they're not even wearing those fancy dance shoes you get when you're in curling. No, they look kind of like, yeah, they look like bowling shoes or wrestling shoes, even. <laughs> so the two highlights I saw, and the fact that it's, like, an American <laughs> sport, but it's broadcast by Germans, only enhances it. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, one was a bad snap over the over the quarterback, and then he just the ate quarterback's it. head, and he just ate crap. It just <laughs> fell straight on the head. And then the kicker tried an extra point, and after he kicked it, he just went ass over taken. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you wouldn't. I mean, this thing is, uh, that is rough. Okay, how a how badly do you want to find a match to go? And b yeah. how much would you pay? Like li- like straight up out of our own pockets. We've talked about doing some side ventures and purchases to enhance the quality of already the best sports radio yep. show in town, the Rich Keefe Show. Correct. How much would you pay to, if they were like, for for $500, the two of you can do play-by-play for the night? Like, we're in. We're in. We got to do it. I would, I would also, and I know it's just a bad injury waiting to happen, I would like to try it. I would like to play. Because they do have pads on. So they have like football pads on. So Is there a like, flag football version of this? No, you're, like, you're getting hit. You're going down, whatever. I think, you'll, I think you'll, that part you'll be fine. My issue is it's got to be really challenging to spot the ball because as soon as there's a tackle, the guy glides like another 10 yards, like, and like, where do you put the ball? 
and just getting reset after every play. It's gonna be a nightmare. You try going to hurry up. <laughs> this guy, this guy that catches the screen pass, and then he's just hot footing his oh, way. Oh yeah, tippy toe, tippy toe, tippy toe. He looked like Lamar Jackson and run into the locker room a couple years oh ago. Oh my god! Wait a second. Here, there's the snap over the quarterbacks. <laughs> I love that one. Oh yeah, the god. extra point there. So there's no offensive or defensive line. They allow like a free kick for the extra point, but the guy's still just wiped out. Oh, Absolutely, they're trying to tackle that. this guy, and they're just falling everywhere. And now you're just shoving people. It oh does look god. like a good time, though. It does. Yep. It looks amazing. <laughs> Grab bag. On this date, twelve years ago, we had one of the greatest moments in. Not just sports history, Fitzy, but dare I say human history when this happened. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! In the words of the great Pete Weber, who do you think you are? I am. All-time sports uh, quote. A- absolute, like, I mean, I got to say, honestly, like, today I consider myself the luckiest man-man-man in the world, world, world. Like, <laughs> I, who do you think you are? I am. That's got to be top ten. Uh, I'd put yeah. it top five. It's up there. Now, what did else you... belongs there? Playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I got Jim Mora playoffs. You play to win the game. Oh, That's yeah, a good one. Let him off the hook. Yep. The Bears are who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Denny Green, Herm Edwards. I'm a man. I'm 40. Mike Gundy. That's a yep. good one. Practice. Allen Iverson practice. We're talking about practice. Pete Weber. Pete Weber. Uh, Would you put Mona Lisa Vito? I'm here so I won't get fined. Yeah, I'm here so I won't get fined. It's a good one from Marshawn Lynch. Yep. Um, yeah, Mona Lisa Vito is a good one, but the other ones are more like catchphrase. Yeah. That's uh, a clown question, bro. When Rasheed yeah. Wallace did a whole press conference where he said both teams played hard, every single question, he said both teams played hard. But yeah, Clown Question Bro is a good one too. Yeah. But I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're topping uh, our guy Pete. Right. Who do you think you are? I am. Who do you think that's, that's you top are? Five. I right, am. Joe. Do you ever watch the show documentary now? No, the Fred Armisen show? No, I never did. So there's a great one with my guy Tim Robinson, and it's sort of a spoof off of that where they're bowlers. And he has a catchphrase, although I'm not 100% sure I can say the catchphrase on the air, so I'm not going to. But I highly recommend the Tim Robinson bowling sketch if anybody gets a, gets a chance on that one. Uh, but, yeah, so 12 years ago, I thought it was kind of longer. 12 years Me ago too. doesn't sound right. But nope. yeah, there you go. Four, it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old grab bag. Don't know how much of the program you watched or if you saw any of the clips online, but Shane Gillis, the comedian, hosted Saturday Night Live uh, this past Saturday. And uh, of note, Gillis was cast on Saturday Night Live going back like five years ago. And then based on things that he said on podcasts and some of his tweets, he was fired shortly thereafter. I don't think he was on the cast for a week. He was a writer, actually. Oh, he, so he was cast just like on yeah, the I don't think he was on ever on an episode. No, he was. Well, no, he, he got fired. He got fired. Yeah, no, he was a staff writer, and then some stuff he said on a podcast yeah. got him canned right. quickly. And then he joked on another podcast later that if he ever came back to host SNL, he would commit, you know, he would basically, like, take his own life on stage. <laughs> now, good thing good thing is he didn't, so it didn't turn into Some would say those... he did. Some would say he didn't. I now, watched... how do you feel about his appearance? 
I so, his overall appearance? No, <laughs> he, can, he can use some vegetables and cardio. That, yeah, right. that being said, uh, so I didn't see any of the sketches yet. I I did watch his whole monologue, and I thought the monologue was kind of like there's a couple awkward moments, but whatever. I think he kind of lives in that. He had a great kind of off the cuff line in there where he's like, "Listen, none of my jokes are really suitable for TV, so this is kind of what you're getting." I'm trying here, yeah, I'm trying here. I thought he had some funny stuff in there overall. Like, I thought he was decent. Definitely some cringe, but it, it, you're going to get that with some good stand-up comedy. Okay, I highly of recommend people watch. I tweeted out at least one of them at Fitzy GFY, maybe both. If not, I just recommend you guys go to the SNL feed or whatever and you watch the Draft Kings fan duel parody called uh, Rock Bottom Kings. Oh, that was funny. That, that was, was funny. I, they, they did the... The I'll best spoof to date about mobile online gambling is done as a commercial parody earlier in the show. Sweet. But then a sketch that was cut that was then later posted online. I think Shane Gillis wrote it with someone there as well. It's so twisted and dark. It's right up your alley, Keith. They do a parody of Liberty Mutual ads where he's like the faux detective with Limu Emu. Yeah, yeah. And it gets, just gets dark fast. Awesome. I'll definitely watch that. It is A-plus material. Okay. Very good. Yeah, I know he has a couple of uh, specials, too, on uh, Netflix. So uh, check those out if you see fit. Let's all go to the grab bag. Uh, New Dork out right now. That would be the True Detective Night Country, which was a six-episode series that just wrapped up on HBO. And uh, Davey and I have a full spoiler-free and then spoiler-full breakdown uh, on the... Odyssey app, you can check out the hashtag Dork Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll tell you what, though, Fitzy, I really, it sucked me in immediately. I liked episode one quite a bit, mm-hmm. but my I ended up being like, nah, not the best, not the best season. Not a waste of time. No. It wasn't like a waste of time, but it was one of those ones where they didn't really answer all the questions. They left some things kind of open-ended. They also didn't address a couple things. I, I guess I... It was one like the longer I thought about it after the show, the less I liked it. Now, see, I have heard such a this is the easily the most polarizing Mm. season, it seems thus far of the four seasons of True Detective. I have heard like sneaky masterpiece, the scariest one, the creepiest one, super atmospheric, great acting, Jodie Foster's best work in years. And then I've heard. Why did I waste my time? Yeah. The ending was stupid. It was nebulous. Left me with more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, it's uh, And podcasters and, you know, other pop culture beatniks have all been kind of split as well. I I have now suddenly so much on my watch plate that I'm not really sure Yeah, if I'm going to squeeze it in. I know my wife wants to watch it, but... Um, it's only six episodes, which is good. I think it's one where I, I guess I would still barely recommend it but i'd only recommend it to like certain people like it's not like hey everybody go out and watch this and, and you'll thank me later like you'll watch it and i don't know if i if i told 10 people to watch it five of them might love it five of them wouldn't like to your point so anyway if you want to get a full breakdown if you watch the show uh check out the uh, the dork podcast grab bag uh, Peter King, after a legendary career, is retiring and uh, left us with a nice nugget, though, in his in his goodbye. He says the Chicago Bears will trade the number one pick in the draft. I like that. That's a nice, juicy nug to leave behind in a 27,000-word farewell call. <laughs> it's also like 
because it's your last column, if he's right, awesome. If he's wrong, who cares? So, so, <laughs> yeah, pe- so people have, so speaking of like polarizing, I think the true detective night country of football writers to a lot of people is yeah. Peter King. There are people yeah. that love Peter King to pieces. They consider him like a staple American football, you know, sports storyteller and a treasure. And then there are some people who are just like, yeah, oh, God, Pete, just keep going, you know, There's long answers and big columns and whatever. I'll, I want to read from I want to read from a column a friend of mine sent today. Um, here you go. This is Peter King from uh, like 22, 25 years ago. Uh, still adrift, opinionated. Bob Kraft should shun Bill Belichick. Published uh, January 27, 2000, somewhere over the Carolinas. Made it out at late, blah, 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 blah. Um, if I'm the New England Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, I have, if, uh, I have to say no to Bill Belichick now. Hire Tom Donahoe to run the football side of business and get on with life. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And I have to th- to get Bill to get Robert to get Bill Belichick. I have to throw in a pick that could turn out to be Ron Dane. <laughs> Those are all Peter Kings, by the way. So I'm biased because I interviewed Peter for I don't know how many years in Ages, a row. Right? Yeah, he was always like when I first got here. He was a weekly guest, and we kept it through the for a long run. He was always super nice to me. So I'm I'm incredibly biased. I understand the people that say he's long winded. He no doubt he no doubt is. But he is one of those like national football writers that you feel like is a historian of the game. And you sort of would always give a little extra weight to some of the things that he would say. Very well connected. Hell, there was a time. Remember when after the Patriots beat the Falcons, I believe it was, in the Super Bowl, didn't Peter go out and spend like a week with Tom Brady? And he wrote this article. He was like out in Montana with Brady. And he had all this intel that nobody else had. So, like, he was definitely a guy that he loved and trusted. Yeah, no doubt. And then definitely because of some of the stuff he wrote about Bill, like, he had, like, an icy relationship with Belichick. But then again, who didn't? And so, no, I mean, I personally liked liked Peter. I got to be honest as well. Full disclosure, I used to do a podcast for Patriots.com with the late, great, legendary Sports Illustrated writer Don Banks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who had a great relationship with Peter, and he was a frequent guest, and we did podcast live in person with him at the mall of america before super bowl 52 he would call us on the phone a bunch got along great with him and the man's priorities were a good conversation mm-hmm. uh football and beer i mean i don't know how you yeah right argue with or disagree with all that didn't get all of his takes right and could be a bit long-winded something i know something about but sure i loved him no yeah i was i was definitely a fan as well and a uh, huge red sox fan massive red sox fan too was uh, yep. was peter king all right, we will uh, wrap up the show because that was uh, another successful edition of Grab Bag, but we will wrap up the program with our final thoughts. And, oh, it sounds like Fitzy had a real uh, issue today. You had a real problem today? Mm-hmm. We will uh, get to that before we say goodbye. Coming up next, it's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, WEI. And, uh, Fitzy, you had a... Uh, an uncomfortable experience today? Would you like to share with the group? Ooh, super uncomfortable experience, Rich. This is <laughs> okay. not something I could have saved for can I get a ruling because yeah. there's really no ruling to get on it. Okay. It was just one of those awkward experiences I wonder if other people have had. Have you ever had to switch or have you ever switched cable or internet providers? Oh, not in a long time, but yes, I have. Like forever ago. Okay. 
any sort of customer service call where you have to yeah. let a customer service representative know that you're going to no longer be needing their service now that you're out of the contract and going month to month and switching to a different provider. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to switch internet providers because I was offered a fiber optic deal that was like 50% less than what I'm currently paying and yeah. my internet service has not been great and already it has improved massively. Yeah. However, I did have to let the previous provider know that I would no longer need their services. Mm. I proceeded to get a 15-minute grilling on the phone, <laughs> not just as the alternatives that would be offered to keep my business. I was going to say, how much free stuff were they trying to throw your way? Not only did they not even come close to the price that was offered by oh, the alternative provider I'm now using, but the why didn't you call us to let us know that you were unhappy with our service? Don't what? you think that if you let us know about <laughs> your unhappiness with the inconsistency in your service, we might have been able to provide not only a solution, but an alternative price that would have retained you as a customer? That's like, not how this works. This was That's somebody not how you're like, supposed to do it. Like you're dating for like you're dating for yeah. like seven months. It's not even that like no. you're not even sure if you've said I love you yet <laughs> and you break up in a restaurant and all of a sudden there is a scene. There's a plate being broken. Right. Someone is calling you an MFing liar. That is the bizarre. waiter is sweating for you. Like it was so like, awkward. Just use your common sense. Every year when you guys jack the price up, do you think that's something we enjoy? Is that something yeah. that we want to have happen? So I need to every time you raise the price. You want me to call you and be like, hey, I wish the price was lower. And then you're going to say something about certain fees. And you're going to make something up as to why it's going to cost more because that always happens. And then they're like, go ahead and shop around. Then you shop around. Then you finally find a place that you want to go to. And then they lose their minds. Yeah, that's rough. It was, I mean, this woman was so aggressive and so terse. It was not what you're used that to. That is they, strange. You know, you get someone at a call center outside of Houston and they're like, Mr. Stevens, we're so very yeah. sorry that you like. It yeah, was right. Like, if you change did you ever your think mind, about letting us know, yes. like, whoa, that is a weird response. I've never gotten that. I've had some weird, you know, back and forths on there, but that's that certainly not one of them. I was, I was like very happy. I escaped. Forget my dignity, just yeah. in my life. They're like, well, what if you got a landline? You're like, I don't want a landline phone. <laughs> how, how would you like to bundle your mobile with your? I don't want to give you my. Like the thing is, it's your service stinks. And what you if you showed up much. at your door with flowers yeah. and chocolate? Yeah, that's not going to cut it. Not going to. Yeah, cut it. no, it's almost going to be like when like Peyton Manning allegedly had those people shake down whoever was like outing him for getting the H. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna he's gonna find out exactly who it was. Whew, All right. Well, yeah, no, that's brutal. All right. Before we get out of here, let's grab a call. We got Bill down in Florida. He'll be the last call of the night. Bill, what do you have, sir? Hey, you know what? I can feel for you guys because I never thought in a million years my only fight with my wife would be Roku and cable TV, but that does seem to be an issue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure does. Anyway, though, all, all jokes aside, um, big Celtics fan here in Florida. Um, you know, a year ago, Missoula wasn't my top choice. I think he's doing okay at this point right but and i know he's got some top-notch assistants like the only one i, I know there's charles lee i think maybe yep. but i know yep. cassell's in there and um i'm sure they're helpful in coaching getting the job done done tatum's playing off his ass d white's playing crazy i mean they're just they're they're notching right now chris Stapps. but um i just want quick thoughts i mean we're gonna win the east i would think at milwaukee surging some but you know, everybody's worrying about big, bad Denver if we do get there. And um, But thank you for your time. All right, I'd, Bill. I'd love to hear your comments. All right, thanks, Bill. I mean, basically, Missoula was on the short list of reasons why they might not win 
least at the beginning of the year, he was for me. Now, again, coaching in the NBA versus coaching in, say, the NFL is not nearly as significant. Like, the players are going to win or lose this thing. Yep. But, yeah, I had I had questions about Missoula, but once again, he's got him playing great. He's got him as the best record in the NBA. He is an odd duck, right? There's a lot of times where after, after these games, listening to him, you're kind of scratching your head, but the players do seem to play for him and he doesn't he doesn't appear to be getting in their way which was sort of a concern i did have could be one of his best talents and attributes to get yeah. out of the team's way and also i just want to point out recently the celtics have been a much better third quarter team and yes. if they can clear that hurdle and keep that up rich i don't think there's much stopping them and how about against the knicks they were actually uh going to the basket they're actually uh they weren't just launching threes the entire game so who knows about that all right that'll do it thanks everybody for listening if you missed any of the show check out the podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast fitzy we'll talk to you on wednesday uh joe when you win next i will be back on thursday back on thursday so that means it'll be stiz and andy hart in tomorrow with me so have a great rest of your monday night and we will talk to you tomorrow at six